Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the Center Point Podcast. My name's Billy. And I'm Lowell. And we're here hanging out with you for a few minutes, jumping into God's Word, and hopefully pointing you to Jesus Christ and the Word that we love so much. So we're uh, continuing the series that we recently started. We've gone all the way back to the book of Genesis, the foundation of, of well... Of everything, yeah, really. At least the human existence, mm-hmm. and um, and just just walking through this piece by piece. And today we've, we're going to arrive at, at Genesis chapter three, and people usually call that the fall. Um, you ever had a fall? I have, I have. As a ma- well, actually, I've been a part of a fall. Oh, actually, okay. Uh, right. I was a high ropes, cord- high ropes, low ropes. Facilitator oh. at a at a camp, and that that means a low ropes course is you stand on these wires and walk across. High ropes, you stand on the wires high yeah, up. High and, ropes and, uh, course, and this is about a fall. It is. Oh, it great. is. So this will be, be this will be great. Uh, no one was harmed in this in this action. Okay. Uh, thankfully, so during the high ropes facilitation, there is a forty foot tower that people will. Climb up and then they'll zip line off of that tower. So that's four stories. They figure a four story building. That's up there pretty high. Uh, yeah, it's pretty high. Yeah. This day I was the belayer. So what that means is there's somebody up high that's doing all this stuff. They're getting ready to come down, uh, another facilitator. They hook up to a harness and then they lean back and the belayer controls their descent so they can really walk down. This tower. So this you're on the tower. ground. You're I'm not on the, the ground, climber. and but I'm hooked to this guy with uh, with a, a, a rope, and I have the ability to tension to break his descent and things like that. It's my good buddy Tim, and I don't know what happened to me, but at that moment I thought, I wonder how fast I can get him down to the ground. Uh. Probably not the best thing to to, uh, uh, to think in that moment, but. He didn't know, and I, I kind of forgot to tell him that I was going to try to bring him down fast. So when he leans out over the tower, I just open up the bale of the of the of, of the brake, and he comes. Oh, I mean, zipping down. Now I knew in my mind I was going to jam on the brake and I will stop him. Yeah, but he's falling nine point eight meters per second yeah, squared. He, he, all I remember him saying is "bill, bill, 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 bill." Gravity always works. <laughs> and so I jammed on the brake and I actually rose up in the air to str- to, as I stopped him and we evened out our weight. How and stuff. far do you think he fell? Um, he probably fell. 25 feet. Oh! It oh. wasn't like he fell. He just descended very, very rapidly but to feel like a fall. But he had the sense of falling he for sure 25 feet. He sure feet. did. And was he pretty happy with you? Uh, we laughed. No. Uh, we actually we actually had a discussion. It was it was funny. We laughed, but like a nervous laugh. And then uh, we I realized that that was the wrong thing to do. So he but lost... I was just a kid. He was just a kid. Yeah. You know. He lost his vertical connection, didn't he? At that moment, he lost the the safety of the vertical of of being of being safe vertically yeah. when he made his descent. That's yeah. exactly right. Well, that's a great start for our topic today. We're going to be in Genesis uh, two and three, and we're going to look at the fall of man. That when it, what happened when when man chose to rebel against God and sin, and what we what our main point that we kind of want to get across today is the reality that things were very good at our last podcast 
we ended at Genesis chapter 1. And when we talked about that, Genesis chapter 2 is actually contained within Genesis right. chapter 1. That's right. And so at the end of Genesis 1, which is also the end of Genesis 2, um, everything was very good. Mm-hmm. But we commented that when you look around today, it does not appear that things are very good. As a matter of fact, you might say for many people and for all of us at times, things can be very bad. Mm-hmm. And so our point today is that when we sin, when human beings sin against God, that the vertical and horizontal connection was broken. And this is a good, it, it's, it's, we've said it before, but it is good to remember Genesis because it is the foundation of our faith. And say that comment one more time, because I think it's really important for us to think about it as we move forward in the podcast. Yes, when, when mankind rebelled against God and sinned, the vertical and horizontal connection that we were intended to experience mm-hmm. were broken. Mm-hmm. Irrevocably outside of the work of God, That's they right. were broken. That's right. And so in your illustration, this, this Tim, he knew for a moment that his vertical connection was broken. Mm-hmm. But sadly, many people in our world today, they don't even realize that their vertical connection right. has been severed. They don't even know it. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to see as we study this passage briefly together today is that God has designed it. It was his plan that the horizontal connection is, has been broken all intended to 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 work us to the place where we will realize that our vertical connection is broken. Yeah. So it's something to remember here today is that we're think, talking about the vertical relationship and the horizontal relationship. And this is perfectly illustrated evident, evidentially in Genesis 3. So um, right, that's where right. we're at. So what went wrong? Well, in Genesis yes. chapter 2, um, we, and again, this is a bit of a review, but in Genesis chapter 2, God has made man and God has made woman, and he has decided that it's not good that they be alone, and so he brought them together. But prior to that, God gave Adam, as far as we know, the only command that God gave to Adam is this one. In 2.16, it says, the Lord commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. Mm -hmm. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Right. So the command is, is a, is a standard. It's a, it's a, we would say a, a rule or just a framework for him to live live within. Yes, so, and it's interesting. God gives him all this food. Yeah, tons of freedom. He yeah. gives him a lot, endless freedom, endless freedom, except for one thing, one command that he gives him, and he gives him the command to be fruitful, multiply, and things yeah, like that. Right. But this this is this is more of a standard of a framework. Lit, you can do whatever you want. Just live within this and and, and obey this. One thing is prohibited. Mm-hmm. And he gives this command to Adam, and what we're going to see in just a moment here is that Adam's going to break it. There's a whole park, many benches. Only one bench says, wet paint do not touch. And sure enough, we reach out and grab it. Now, I think one of the things that's interesting here in verse 17 is God says, when you eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. Now, what I find interesting about that is when God said this to Adam, there was no death. Yeah, how's he going to... 
how does he even know what die means? I think he probably is like die. What what's what's die? Yeah. Now, of course, we know from from later on in this this passage that apparently God and Adam had an ongoing relationship. Mm-hmm. When God speaks to Adam, it doesn't seem to strike Adam as something out of the norm. Mm-hmm. So maybe this was maybe this isn't a full account of all that was said to Adam. Maybe God explained to him what dying means. But it just kind of strikes me that prior to this moment there is no death. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like, I mean, imagine if you had never tasted, say, sushi, and and somebody tries to describe it to you, or you've never seen a sunset, Mm -hmm. and somebody tries to describe it to you. Now, those are two things that, well, for some people, they're both good. Um, If you're not a sushi fan, maybe that's not good, Mm -hmm. but God says something to Adam that he hasn't experienced, Mm -hmm. but Adam is called to trust here. That's really what this is about. It's not about the tree. It's not about the tree. Mm-hmm. It's not about the tree offered something right, that right. that God wanted to keep Adam from. It's a prohibited. It, it's prohibited from from eating this. And sure enough, he does. Yeah, yeah. So, well, moving along. So, and then just just briefly before we even get to the fall, um, at the end of Genesis chapter one, it says that man, the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And the thing that I'd like to just emphasize again is just how all was so good. It was all very very good. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it doesn't end there. So get us to the fall. There you you start us with a fall, Billy. So so let's start in the Genesis three. Well, we know from Genesis 3 that this is an account of what happens when we see Adam and Eve first, excuse me, Adam first disobeying God. So we see in Genesis 3, 1, that another historical figure enters into the, enters into the scene, and that's, that's Satan. It says, the serpent was more crafty than any other, any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he enters into the scene and starts... Uh, deceiving, deceiving what was a, a dream perfect scenario. And we know that this is, that this is Satan, okay? And in 2 Corinthians 11, it says that the serpent deceived um, Eve. And we know from Revelation chapter 12 that this is Satan. So right. this this great enemy of God who rebelled against God, this this archangel that rebelled against the creator now somehow indwells this serpent. Okay. I don't understand all of this. All I know is what it says here, that this serpent was now indwelled by Satan and he begins this, yeah, this deception of Eve. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is interesting that he did not go to Adam. Mm. It's interesting he didn't go to Adam. He went to Eve. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, It really feels as if he knows that Satan knew that God's design was that Adam would have that responsibility, so he circumvents it. Right. And I've heard people try to say, well, that's because Eve was, I don't know, maybe she was more easily deceived or maybe, but I don't don't accept that at all. I don't think that's the case. I think it was a matter of rebellion. I think this was Satan rebelling against God's order that he had established, that he had given this command to Adam, and so he circumvented that and, and... tempted Adam to rebel against God. 
And so, yes, he says to the woman, did God really say that you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman responds. She says, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of, of this tree, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting. As far as we know, this is not what God said. Now, again, it, I don't. I don't think. I, nowhere does it say that God and God didn't actually say that. Okay. Right. But we do have. A, a, yeah. The previous chapter, we have the. What we know from Scripture is that we have the exact command that God gave Adam. Right. And then we have a variance here with how Eve re, relays this command. To Satan, and I, w- I want to be careful not to s- try to make Scripture say something that it doesn't say. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't say that God didn't say not to touch right, it. Right, right. It does say that God said not to eat it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Eve Eve adds this piece that we don't have anywhere else. But I think what's more significant than any of this is the serpent says to the woman, "You will not surely die." Right. Now again, they have not seen death. Again. So somehow Satan knows something about death, and he now brings this into their conversation. And I think Eve is thinking, die? What, what's, what's die? Mm-hmm. But I think the important thing here is that Satan is a liar. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what comes, comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. When I read this, these verses, I think deceiver and liar are the, are the things that come out in my mind when I'm analyzing Satan and his, respons- his, his role here. Right. And Jesus said this. He's, he, Jesus said that the devil is a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in truth. And when he lies, he speaks out of his own character because the devil is a liar and the father of lies. That's mm-hmm. John 8, 44. Mm-hmm. So it is his natural tongue to deceive, and that's what he does here. And um, the, by the way, verse number six, the woman saw that the tree was good for food. It was delight to the eyes, and the tree was to be desired to make one wise. So she took of its fruit, and she ate. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things that come, that come out of that verse that you just read. And the correlating verse would be 1 John 2.16, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Right. That's, kinda, is, that's, the, that's what temptation is. It's the crux of, that, that we all struggle with. Mm. And, and she and that was all encompassed in that moment right there with Eve. Now notice, Adam is not even referenced here. Adam should have stood up and said, yeah. no, Eve. That's right. No, God commanded us not to eat of this, but, but he does. Maybe he's taking a nap or maybe he's out, you know. Working in the garden. Yeah, but we know that's not true because mm-hmm. uh, the passage says that, and he was with her. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. That's verse 6. And he, and he ate. ate. Now, it's interesting that in 1 Timothy 2.14, Paul writes these, these words, and he says very clearly, Adam was not deceived. Eve had been deceived. Adam just rebelled. Yeah. He just rebelled. Yeah. So what we're coming to conclusion is that that moment that Adam willingly rebelled, disobeyed God, there was a severing of the vertical relationship that that was between he and God. And you may not even you may not think it happened at that moment, but that's exactly the moment that it did happen. Yeah, and you see it in the passage because yes. prior to this, right after, we, yes, there's exactly. relationship, and now they go and they hide. 
So they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day. And so God is in the garden. And now Adam and Eve run and hide themselves in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. What, a, what a sad moment this is. And as we look at this, we know and we realize that the vertical relationship was broken. And also the horizontal relationship has has got major issues. Why do you say that? Because what the, what happened, the moment that they sinned, they looked at each other and realized they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They ended up hiding from themselves. So uh, the pure relationship with God was broken. And they look at each other. And they and, hi- they feel they got to hide And they feel something. like they have to hide the relationship with each other. They're, they're ashamed. How, they're, yeah, how, it's sad. It's how really sad. Amazing when we look at the foundation of Adam and Eve that we see the same things happening right now today. You know, God wants us to be honest with each other, to encourage one another. So that I can receive comfort from you. You can receive comfort from me. People in our church can be honest to help point ourselves, each other, to Jesus Christ. But what do we do? We, we end up, sin and we hide from one another. And we end up hiding from each other. We end up severing a relationship. We end up not having a relationship or hiding a sin. And therefore, that it's, it just takes puts a barrier between us. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's unfortunate that this that happens that it happens today. But right here, we're getting at the foundation of of, of the this first truth. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the vertical connection that's been severed, and um, we should probably take a little bit of a break here. And when we come back, we'll we'll talk about the horizontal right. connection that yeah. was severed as well. Yeah. So we'll be right back. So stay tuned, and uh, and uh, we'll see you in a couple minutes as we talk about Genesis, the Old Testament being the foundation of our faith. Centerpoint Bible Church exists to point others to Jesus Christ in His Word, and we want to encourage you to come out and visit us sometime. We're presently meeting at Faith Christian Academy. Our service is at 9.30, and our focus hour starts at 11 o'clock. You can get information on our website at centerpointwv.org. Thanks for listening, and we pray that you would seek after Jesus. Well, welcome back to the Centerpoint Podcast. I'm Lowell. And I'm Billy. And we're talking about the fall. And um, Billy, why don't you take just a moment and just kind of review for us briefly what we were dealing with. Well, over the past couple of minutes, we've been talking about how everything was great and the relationship was wonderful between Adam and Eve and God. God set a standard. He gave them commands, different commands, but he gave them a standard they needed to obey. And they ended up breaking that standard. And that was don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they willingly disobeyed and rebelled against God. That that fruit looked good. Yeah. I mean it, it was it looked good to the eye, it tasted good to the, yeah. the taste was good and it was it responded to the pride of life, but But it's never it doesn't ever taste as good as promised. Hmm. You know, that's it's always the case with sin is that we look at something that we can't have and we think that it is it is going to be spectacular, but the moment that it happens, we realize, you know what, that did not deliver mm-hmm. with the expectations. You know, one of the things that is most kind of intriguing to me from from Genesis three is the whole serpent thing. I mean, it's just you know, I I, I, I remark at that that 
Adam and Eve didn't find it strange that they're having a conversation with a serpent. Yeah, we haven't even jumped into that this 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 creature is there talking and they're like, Hey, hey, how's it going? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like what in the world? I mean, I'm not a fan of snakes. No, no. Yeah, actually, for those of you who are a fan of snakes, you might want to tune out for the next maybe 60 yeah, seconds. Fast or, forward fast forward a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, I think it'd be good to uh, share a little snake story with you. Both of us have had a bit of an encounter with yeah. black snakes the yeah. last couple okay, of weeks. Okay, you go, you go first. Well, those, th- this snake and I have had an agreement at my house. He was living underneath the front porch, and I was okay with that because sure. I know what the value of snakes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but animals, when they're around people, they get more comfortable. And I mean, I don't know whether it's necessarily true of snakes, but it was my experience with this snake. I'd come home sometimes, and he would just slither underneath the porch, and I'm like, "Well, okay." Well, one day my daughter came home, and she came to the front door, and I saw her run around to the side door. She, Dad, there's a snake coming in the house. And my glass door sometimes doesn't shut all the way, and it was open just a little bit, Mm -hmm. and that snake was coming right up to come in the house. Mm -hmm. Now, that was too far for me. Yeah, you you have this unwritten rule, this contract with the snake, and he just broke the contract. Like, (laughs) deals off, buddy. Yeah, deals off. You had one too. Yeah, I did. Actually, I have chickens. You guys might know I have chickens, and. Uh, I went out back to uh, get the eggs out of the nesting boxes, and I went in and I lifted up the doors and such, and I stuck my hand in, and I, I thought that it was one of my black chickens that was sitting on the on a, a nest, and usually I just like stick my hand under there and grab the eggs that are that she's sitting on, but. As I stuck my hand halfway in, I realized that's no chicken. (laughs) Oh man, adrenaline pumping! And what happened is a six-foot black snake. I measured it. A six-foot black snake had had realized there was food in there, and had actually had attacked one of my chickens because my one of my chickens was weak, uh, was hurt. And it had swallowed an egg whole and a it's big funny. bulge in his belly. Both of us feel the feel the need to explain for what we yeah. are getting ready yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. So, so I grabbed uh, what I did is I went and grabbed an axe out of my shed that has a flat end on one side mm-hmm, and an axe mm-hmm. on the other, sort of like a sledgehammer. And it was interesting. That snake was laying on my porch, concrete porch, and I reached out with that axe and boom, hit him on top of the head. Mm-hmm. How about you? Well, for me, I wasn't as uh, as Casuals that I ran to my garage and I'm pulling all types of pieces of wood and drilling things and trying to get contraptions to get this snake out of the shed. So uh, I'll spare you the details, but I did finally get it out of the shed, and uh, in complete calmness, I freaked out and I and I whacked it a bunch of times on the head with a piece of wood. What was amazing about that? My, you you measured the snake. You yeah. know it was exactly six yes, feet. Yes. Oh gracious! Mine was three inches short of six foot. So. <laughs> um, when I hit that snake on the head, he instantly like he was dead. Now, yeah, and that's the same with mine. When I hit it, when I crushed its head, yes, there. You know how they you think they might slither around and wriggle like instinct, and rile. They move around, but this this snake immediately stopped right where it was. So did the one that I killed. It, it just, it, it it well afterwards I cut its head off and then it started wriggling and rolling yeah, around but yeah. it made me think of this passage. Mm. Uh, well, we're going to talk about we we've what we've seen so far is that Adam and Eve have disobeyed. God comes down in the cool of the day and they're hiding from him, and then we have 
the unfortunate reality of a punishment. That's We're going to see a horizontal connection. The, the horizontal severed. connection was severed immediately, but then it just goes in depth, and God explains what is going on. Explains what He does. What, what is God exactly does right. to the horizontal relationship? Mm-hmm. So let, let's just hit the serpent, okay? Yeah. Maybe so on we, the head. when we bruise so, the, it was funny when you bruise the heel of the, of the uh, bruise the head of the serpent, it immediately was stopped. And here's what it says: The Lord God said to the serpent. Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock, above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head. I think here God is now actually speaking about Satan. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Mm-hmm. There will be a wound to Satan that will Render him completely ineffective, mm-hmm. bruised to the head, and you shall bruise his heel to this descendant, to the offspring of Eve. Mm-hmm. And I believe this is the first reference. It is the first reference. Yes, the first reference to the work of Jesus. They call it the Proto-Evangelicum. That's exactly right. The first time the gospel is alluded mm-hmm. to. But that's not the only horizontal connection that is... That is broken. Right. And really from here, it's, it's, it's really sad what happens. So God now, he first brings a curse upon the serpent and then a curse upon the woman and then a curse upon the man. And I believe that is on purpose. I think God is moving up in levels of responsibility. Mm-hmm. First the serpent, then the woman, and then the one who would be given the charge to have dominion over the earth, Adam. And but let's start with the the curse that comes upon this woman. Um, you got it there, verse sixteen. Why don't you read it for us, there, Billy? Uh, I read in the NIV. It says to the woman, he said, "I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you." That is a very significant moment in time. Mm-hmm. Pl- prior to this, God's plan was for horizontal harmony. Yeah, be fruitful, multiply is, yes. is, is, a, is, the, is the role, is the and, role that happens. And it was all very good. Mm-hmm. But now there would be strife and there would be difficulty in the relationship. I do find it significant that God brings a curse into the woman's life in a very specific area, in the area of her primary responsibility, in that of raising up this offspring that God had given. Given her the honor of mm-hmm. God, God was going to allow her to to produce more of these human beings mm-hmm. that they she would bring them into the world, and what a blessing that was going to be for her. So God curses her in that area of responsibility. It is so interesting that the moment of birth, where another human being to have that horizontal relationship with, is in between that. Is pain. Yeah, that's it's right. pain. And God says, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Mm-hmm. And so every time that a child is born and the mother goes through those labor pains, it's a reminder of this moment. Mm-hmm. That, that I don't think that was God's plan. I know it wasn't God's plan. Now, ch- childbearing was God's plan. Mm-hmm. Be fruitful, multiply. But the pain that is involved in the birth process, the pain that is involved in childbearing and and the bringing forth of children. This goes beyond the the delivery of a child. 
It, this goes into the the strife that there is in relationships between parents and their children. Mm-hmm. It was never God's plan. It was going to be harmonious. That's right. But instead, it's cursed by sin. And not just the, the relationship between mother and her children, but also between husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, is how the ESV says it. And so what's going to happen is the, the wife now who who was intended to follow her husband's leadership as God gave this command to Adam, and then he directed it to his wife, and the two of them would harmoniously follow after God. Now there would be strife in their relationship, and and she would rebel against his leadership. She would buck against him, and there would be this strife between male and female, between husband and wife, but not just from the wife. It also says that he shall rule over you. This is not a pleasant term. This is not a, oh, I'm going to lead, lovingly right. lead you. Right. That's not what this term is. This term is also used by the Lord in Genesis chapter 4 when it talks about how sin will will desire to ha- rule over us mm-hmm. It'll, and, and that we must rule over it. So this is a violent relationship. Right. When it this, says he will rule over you, it's not... It's not a, a gentle thing. No. It, is a, it is a harsh thing. And again, this is, not, this is not the plan of God. This is the curse of God. Right. And he's sharing the reality of what's, of what's going to happen because this is the curse. This is what is going to happen. And you can't, well, without Jesus, without Christ, without being controlled by the Holy Spirit, this is where it can lead. Harmony is gone mm-hmm. in this relationship that was intended to be very good where husband and wife would, stri- would would work together to follow after God, fulfilling his plan in their life, to glorify God, to be fruitful and multiply, to have dominion over the earth. It is now going to be jaded by the presence of sin. And what that'll look like is when the man tries to lead his wife, she will rebel against it. And when she rebels against it, the man will try to rule over her. And so you've got this, well, we've got a long history of this, do we not? Mm. We have a long history of this, of, of this strife in, in relation between men and women and this gender battle that is, that is always going yeah. on now. Yeah. And it's the result of sin. It's the vertical connection was broken, so now horizontally it's also affected. Mm-hmm. It totally affects their, the primary gender responsibilities that the, each of them have. Yes, and let's get to that. So then for Adam in verse number 17, where, where he was supposed to have dominion over the earth— he was going to rule over the earth and he was going to produce and he was going to harness the power of the earth. Now it says, cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. It is going to just produce plants. It's going to produce thorns and thistles. So here's what God did. In the primary air responsibility that Adam had, and that was to have dominion over the earth mm-hmm. and to use its resources to glorify God, now it's going to be hard going. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. That now you're going to have briars and thorns and thistles when you try to plant a garden, you know. And all the way, flash forward now, thousands of years, you can go get in your truck, and it's going to break down, and 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 things are not going to operate the way you want them to. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to swing the hammer and hit your thumb now. Prior to Genesis three, you didn't. 
you were out there working and and everything was going well. You know, it's like you were in the zone all the time mm-hmm. in your work. You plant a tomato and it would just produce, you know, a hundredfold. And you go build a house and it would everything would be perfect. Now it's not in level. It's it doesn't work right. Yeah. So we we even see the the curse that Satan is now receiving. We see what Eve is now receiving. We see what Adam's receiving. We even see what the earth is receiving. Yeah. Let's and, talk about why God's doing this. Yeah. Because we need to understand. And I think this is, a, this is something that people don't get. This curse that we experience on this earth is God's doing. God is the one that cursed the serpent, that cursed the woman, that cursed man. Why? Why? I believe what's happening here is man didn't realize, man doesn't realize that his vertical connection has been broken. I've never been skydiving, but but there's an interesting fact that you and I were talking about regarding skydiving. Get, tell us briefly what that is, Billy. Well, when you when you skydive, you're you're in the plane and you're going horizontally and everything's fine. But when you jump out of the plane, it takes all that motion from the horizontal and then transfers it to vertical. Uh, sometimes you, you may think of something, someone jumping or if you fall, like the feeling of falling and things of that nature. But the, the, the change happens very quickly and you get this weird feeling. But then after a couple seconds, it, it completely goes away. What happens is once you've been falling from an airplane for a certain amount of time, you you reach terminal velocity, which right. means you are not speeding up anymore. And you know what? You get the sense like you're not even moving. Mm-hmm. The vertical connection has been broken. You have no vertical connection with anything and you're falling through the yeah. sky. And you don't even know it. If God had not brought a curse to the horizontal relationship, we wouldn't know that anything was wrong. That's exactly right. We wouldn't, we wouldn't know. Ask the average person on the street, hey, is your life any different because you don't know God? And the average person on the street is going to say, eh, not really. I don't, I, I don't pray, and that's okay. I don't, I don't talk to God, and I'm fine with that. The average person who's living without God doesn't even feel the loss but they feel the horizontal break. And this is what God is doing to drive us to him. Horizontally, it's not working. We see the frustration. We see these things, these break, things breaking down. We must realize that it is only to point us, only to point us to our God through Jesus Christ. That's right. So you're fighting with your children, you're fighting with your wife, you're fighting with your work, you're fighting with your body, you're fighting with the serpent, okay? Everything is going wrong. Mm -hmm. And God is doing this in hope that we might look up and say, God, I need you. Mm -hmm. Well, I tell you, the the amazing thing is in all this curse, we said it previously that Proto evangelicum, you know, but in all of these things that are that are going to be happening, that are being allowed to just decay in our world and break down, God, in His mercy, brings us the promise of His grace. Hmm. There is an opportunity that we have to uh, to be reconciled in the vertical relationship be reconciled to God. And we all know that only comes through Jesus Christ.
It only comes through Jesus that's, Christ. That's how the Lord described it in his word. That's exactly right. That there is no way to the Father except through mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. There is no other name by which man can be saved. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. Every one of these are vertical aspects mm-hmm. of our break and connection. Yeah. That Jesus offers that vertical connection that can be mended only through the work of Jesus That's on the right. cross. We see the problems in our horizontal to point us to the vertical. Well, I hope that when you're going throughout your day and you realize that things aren't going right, that that would point you to the Lord. That would cause you to say, I need to focus on God's word. I need to talk to him. I need help. I need to continue to work on my vertical relationship with my God and Father through Jesus Christ. Well, thanks so much for listening to us. And uh, it is amazing when you uh, when we read about the foundations of, uh, of truth found in the Old Testament. So, missed anything? Check out the show notes on centerpointwv.org. Click on the podcast section. And thanks for just hanging out with us. We're nothing fancy here at Centerpoint Bible Church, but we want to be real just like Jesus.